Can it beat my favorite bad movie line from Mel Gibson's The Patriot? Of course, if you haven't seen the movie, and by God, if you haven't seen the movie, please don't. But uh, <laughs> Done. But um, it's pre-Revolutionary War. So he comes up to this woman. He says, mind if I sit here? And she says, sure, it's a free country, or at least it will be. <laughs> No, she doesn't. Oh, oh, no, she yes. doesn't. Yes. <laughs> that's kind of fantastic. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, at least it will be. It. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. So let's talk voiceover, Mira Juno. Let's talk voiceover. Well, that was pleasant. I like Excellent. that. Hi, like Mira. That. Hi. How are you, Mira? I'm great. I've been 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 like messing with real estate and 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 games and all kind of crazy real things. Real estate. Yeah. Like what? What's going on? I'm home shopping. Yeah. Oh. <gasps> Cool. Yeah, and in, in like the worst market in the past uh, 16 years. So. Well, there is that. There is that. <laughs> well, you, know, you know, no big deal. Buy high, sell low. That's what they say, right? Yeah, literally, I think homes are more are 30%, 25% more expensive this year than last year. And last year, they were 20% more expensive than the year before. See, um, going up, up, up. I it's love just, that. It's just nuts. It is like, I mean, literally Ugh. looking at one place in, I think, six hours, they had 140 it offers. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Isn't that insane? Nuts. It is so nuts. People who want to sell their house nowadays, they literally go hang out somewhere for one day. They come back with multiple offers over asking at ridiculous prices. The only problem with that is if you're not leaving the area, then you have to buy in that market. Right. And that becomes the challenge, right? So. Yeah, that is a problem. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but, it's nuts. Well, that's very cool, though. I mean, you know, home home ownership, American dream. Absolutely. Absolutely. So fingers crossed. All's going well so far. Knock on wood. But yeah, this market, you guys, if you're if you don't need to buy a house right now, do not buy a house. Don't. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah. God. Insanity. Other than that, you got a little project that you've been working on of late. I some just, I you know, something came up. I, I don't know. It's something. Yeah. Yeah, little 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 project. Um, I just uh, I I am a new actress in a existing role in a very very popular game. Happens to be called Destiny Two. Mm-hmm. Um, has a teeny tiny little fan base. Might have heard of it, but um, nice. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. I'm I'm like crazy stoked about it. it like I'm. I'm just overwhelmed at the reception that I've received from the fans because I kind of was dreading it um, because this is a long-established role. Sure. Um, a marvelous actress, Gina Torres. I'm sure we all know her from Suits and Firefly and lots of other fantastic shows. And um, she's been established in that in that role for quite some time. And so, you know, I've, I've never quite been in a position like that um, in, in a game that was so popular and has such a big fan base with something so established. Um, but everybody has been extremely, extremely kind in welcoming me to the community. And uh, I'm just I'm just thrilled to pieces because I kind of was scared I was going to be <laughs> eaten by wolves when when this happened. Well, yeah, because anytime almost in some ways, it doesn't even matter if they're if they're good or not. And that's right. And I, 
You like what you like. Right. You know, yeah, you, you get attached to the, the naturally so. You know, somebody's established a character a certain way and you've been hearing it in your ear a certain way. And, and no matter how great of a mimic you are, right. you're just not going to be able to capture all of that. So um, fortunately, uh, Bungie has been just excellent and, and, you know, has just kind of allowed me to, to be me um, while still trying to capture the essence of the, the character Ikora as much as, as much as I can. That is excellent. But that's what they should do because right. if you try to do what Miss Torres did, right. first of all, you're going to fail because, you're, right. as you yeah. said, you're never going to be what she is. Yeah. And then what's the purpose of having somebody else? Right. That's the whole point of hiring any actor is let them be the actor. Let them be – you bring a piece of yourself to what it is or what's the point? Right. Exactly. But, it, you know, it is just such a tricky situation because at the same time, you want to honor enough of what's already been established and what people have already fallen in love with. Right. And so finding one's essence, you know, in a character, that's kind of this elusive thing. You know, you're just like, OK, well, how much is it the voice? Is it the is it just an attitude? It's hard to not get in your head about it. Especially, you know, when you are a musical sort of person like I am and, you know, I am very good at sound alikes and things. And so it's hard for me when I hear somebody else because I do a lot of sound alike sort of work. When I hear somebody else and I'm, I'm used to trying to match, you know, as closely as possible. And so this concept of like, no, we just kind of need that essence, but be you and bring your own flair to it. It's just this sort of uncanny valley of weirdness <laughs> for the performer <laughs> so, because you're like, you know, am I giving you what you really want? want? You want you want mine? You me? <laughs> right? Me? Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, and and the and the other hard part about that is is you don't want to end up being the new Becky against the old Becky from Roseanne, right? Or right. or the. The new Darren versus the old Darren, right? right? Do you like Dick York or do you like Dick Sargent? I don't know. They're just different. I didn't, you know. You got to bring what you bring. Right. Bring, bring what you bring to the ball game, so. So you do play? Uh, not that game. I oh, don't. gotcha, gotcha. But uh, I, I watch Roseanne and I watch um, Bewitched <laughs> and uh, I spend way too much time watching old TV shows that haven't been on the air for 40 years, so that's that's a train wreck right there, but we won't. I got it. time. I got time on my hands. Okay, I'm just gonna say it out loud. I've got. Uh, it's really cool when you have that opportunity to take over a role for good reasons and add your own flair to it and add your own touch to it because it can really, for a player or a viewer, depending on what it is, it can really expand the depth of that character. Absolutely. And that's what I hope to do. And I imagine the writers are probably excited because once they get to know you a little bit, they can start to build some of those kinds of characteristics into the character or adapt their writing just a little bit of that character to bring out some of the additional stuff that you bring to the table. So that's wonderful. Right, right. Hopefully that is the goal. Did you get to meet the writers? Not in person, but I have uh, spoken with many of them and the whole team has Good. just been absolutely, absolutely wonderful. I just couldn't ask for a nicer team of people to work with. And Ugh. yeah, it's been a really a nice, smooth transition. So that's great. It's exciting. It's super exciting. So do you have any advice if you're trying to replace someone that's existing? Like, um, I don't know, like if I wanted to try and replace Randy. Is there something <laughs> that you should or shouldn't do or I don't know. The inimitable Randy? I mean. Uh, hypothetically, of it's course. so elusive. I just don't know if that's possible. I just, I, I'm just putting it out there for conversation's sake. <laughs> well, first, stay up till 1 a.m.
Start there. Note to self, cancel Randy auditions. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to cancel Randy campaign. Oh, cancel the Randy replacement auditions. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I am sending out a spec for that uh, in the next week or so. So you should, you should be you? getting, a, yeah, you should Are be getting an audition for me because, you know, to, re- to replace myself. <laughs> I get the opportunity to audition to replace Randy on the Brian and Randy podcast. Oh, there you God. go. I love it. <laughs> But, you know, if you could play both sides, just think of it that way. Think of the monetization opportunities. Yeah, no, but, uh, yeah, no, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, but if you could play both sides, you know. Um. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, because right, exactly. You've got this. So now when you get the script, just do exactly that. Just don't think about uh-huh. it. Just do exactly that, and you should be fine. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> no, 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 three in a row. Can you mix it up a little bit? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I think he's got it. See, that was good. That was yeah. good. I think he's got it. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, my gosh. All right. Back to the... Dead ringer. Back to something that people actually want to listen to. How about that? Um, oh, that's so overrated. <laughs> so, Mara, that's absolutely amazing, but I know that that's not the only thing going on in your world. What else have you been doing? Oh, goodness. Especially over the last year with all the challenges and changes that people have been going through. I know you've kind of been going like gangbusters. Yeah, you know, I, I it definitely has been, of course, just psychologically, it's been a trying past year for everybody. Fortunately, I guess for me, I'm already quite a bit of a homebody and don't really leave the house much anyway. I mean, I literally cannot leave the house for two weeks and don't even notice. Like between Amazon grocery deliveries and constantly being glued to my booth, it's just not that big of a life change for me, right? except wearing right? the mask. But um Lockdown? I got this. Yeah, pretty much. You know, I mean, I I started my career in a smaller town, and I have been running my own home studio for over 12 years now. So it kind of was an advantage that a lot of talent, especially talent in big cities like Los Angeles and New York and Chicago, you know, where they're just used to going into studios and only auditioning on their phones, perhaps, or, or just some sort of portable rig at home that didn't have to be broadcast quality, They kind of had to start from scratch. And the pressure of that, I can only imagine (laughs) trying to keep everything running smoothly. Oh, it has to be overwhelming for people who are talent to now have to understand how to be an engineer. Absolutely. But it's also surprising to me how many people didn't already have a home studio set up. No. I mean, I just I just kind of figured that everybody had one by now. No. no. I mean, again, if you're in a major market, especially like Los Angeles where there's studios everywhere, yeah. you just don't have to. And I can understand why somebody wouldn't want to invest in, you know, a $2,000 microphone and then a, you know, a $10,000 yeah. booth and, and all that stuff when you can just go to the session and have the client pay the studio fee when he's there. Sure. And, I mean, so... Sure. I get it, but it is a hot mess trying to figure it all out. So I was fortunate in that regard. Business on my end has been been really good because I was prepared in part. I'm sure that's not all. It wasn't all my tech skills, but it didn't hurt anything. No. So No, it doesn't. It, <laughs> where I'm kind of with Brian on things, because I've seen this too, of course. Yeah, we can book that person, but I already know we have to put them in a studio. Yeah. But there's also a difference that I don't understand. Let's just say you live in Los Angeles. The amount of time that it takes to go from studio to studio to studio to do auditions, if that is what you're doing, mm-hmm. ha- at least having something that is audition quality right. at your living space. It doesn't necessarily even have to be final quality. And that's not hard to do. No, it's not hard to do. Yeah, that's not a super high bar. 
right? Yeah, exactly. You can get great audio on your on your iPhone if you're in a quiet enough space. So I think that's frankly what a lot of people were doing. But now it was like overnight when the pandemic hit. And it's really not fair to the talent, to be perfectly honest. But of course. I saw a big shift in the demand. It was like it went from lockdown to, hey, do you have a U87 and a, and a double wall booth and a this and a that? And it's like, come on. Like, right. Like, I mean, it's, right. It's just kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, there is the other side of that 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 has also been a problem. Well, you see that with almost anything. Right. You see that with all kinds of social issues where something does need to occur And then there becomes an overreaction to whatever that is. And I think in a totally different way, that's what you have here. Like, oh, well, since people are going to have to be at home, surely you're tricked out just like it was when you were coming into the studio, right? Right. And that expectation is just whacked. It's totally whacked. Yeah. Can I hear you on the U87, the 414, and the Sennheiser uh, shotgun, please? Yeah, right. And the the 421, right. uh, Which, fortunately, I have, but most talent don't. Yeah. Right. I got a Radio Shack, Mike. What do you want? Yeah. Can you go back in your vault? Maybe just for this one session, can you pull out an AKG 414? The 414B, not the C. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, yeah. And it's not as if, you know, everybody's on one page as far as microphones either. I mean, I've literally done games where most games they're like, oh, you know, the TLM 103 or the U87. But I have some developers, they want the 416, you know. And so it's, it's just nuts. What do you guys think in terms of that? Because I hear arguments on both sides. Some people say, look, this whole mic debate thing is just long and drawn out and unnecessary because if you're going to go into a studio, every celebrity is going to be on that exact same damn mic. Nobody's tweaking it for their voice and finding the right model and the right this. Everybody's either on the shotgun or they're on their U87 or whatever mic they happen to have in studio. So it doesn't really matter. It's just about what sounds good. But then other people are like, oh, no, but, you, know, you need the rejection of the shotgun of the 416 or you need, the, you know, what do you guys think? Is it ultimately about just what sounds good on your damn voice or is there really some big differences that you find it's kind of necessary to make sure that you're close enough? For me personally, I've been using the same mic for 30 years. Wow. Which one? Uh, the Audio-Technica. Mr. Microphone. 4033. <laughs> it, okay. It's the original. It's the original 4033. Right. And that went through a bunch of iterations and some tech spec changes and all that kind of stuff. But I have the original 4033. And it's funny because I was moving from New York City back to Indiana and I didn't know what I was going to do. So I ended up buying a bunch of studio gear and I went microphone shopping. So I went to a guitar center, Sam Ash or whatever it was. Right. And they literally had like 200 microphones in a room. And so I put on a set of headphones and then I just went around and pushed the button for each and every single one of them and listened to my voice, listened to my voice, listened to my voice on every single one, including the 414s and the 416 and the U87 yeah. and and yeah, the yeah. and the 103. And I mean, I listened on everything and I figured out that for my voice specifically, what I really loved about the 4033 is that it gave me enough bottom end but I'm not like that deep announcer voice. Right, right. But it was able to resonate what is down there, and then it was able to take my mid-range and really put a crisp edge on it. Interesting. And so I'm like, okay, this is the mic. Yeah. Right? And now, obviously, I've gone into studios and used all sorts of different kinds of mics and all that kind of stuff. I still like my mic. Right, right. 
And nobody's ever stopped you on a project and said, oh, we can't work with you because you don't... You don't have the right mic, right? Yeah. And, and, and in fact, I have had comments on even recording from home, right? How clean and what a great sound I can get coming out of my mic. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the time, it was a $400 mic. I don't know what the going rate on something like this is these days, but it's still, it's nowhere close to what you're paying for the Neumanns or some of the higher-end Sennheisers or any of the other stuff, right? People spend so much time focused on the microphone, like the tool is going to make the difference. It's like, well, why don't you, first of all, spend the time working on your environment so it doesn't sound like you're standing in your shower recording. And then after that, work on your technique, for God's sakes. Work on your acting. Work on your delivery. Work on your performance. Right. You know what? Right. I have never ever had someone say, man, it just sounds like you're on a bad mic. I've never had that. Right. Right. And so everyone who does this gets so obsessed by things like, well, I think I should upgrade to the, no, I, whatever. Right. I agree. You know? And I've heard plenty of people on the wrong mic for them, I have to say, you know, where they're too sibilant and too bright or, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's usually what the wrong mic is. There are exceptions to this, but it usually takes a characteristic of your voice that you don't want and right. amplifies And over-accentuates it. it. Yeah, yeah. So, Randy, what's your take on this? Well, you already said it. The very first thing is your environment. Right. I, um, I had a project where, let's just say, um, there was a bit of a disagreement. Uh, it was something that was, <laughs> that was supposed to be done at a particular studio, and they had, were doing all of these measurements. They were, they were literally measuring from the actor's lips to the mic and making and taking pictures and making right exactly right wow wow they changed preamps to make sure they were getting the right sound which i'm sorry if you can actually tell the difference between one preamp and another when everything else is exactly the same god love you by the way the people (laughs) that you're making this for Cannot, will not, they never can. will. <laughs> right. Get over your bad self. And yeah, make sure that preamp <laughs> catches a very effective. Ah! <laughs> yeah. And so the pandemic hits, right? So they continue this project with people's home studios, and where the disagreement came over oh, God. was an actor was in her booth and had her door open, and I could hear traffic noise going by. Sure. Well, you know, it gets a little stuffy, and you need some airflow, so, I mean, come on, Randy. Wow. And so I asked, hey, actor, is it possible for you to close the door to your booth? I said, can you do that? She said, yes. Does she normally not? Well, that's not actually the point. <laughs> Although it's a good side question. It's a hell of a good side question. These same people freaked out because we had changed her environment. You changed the environment. Right in the middle of the record. How dare you change the environment? It sounded like shit before. What do you want? So you're actually so hyped that you want a specific preamp that you shipped stuff to her, but yet you don't bother to tell her to close this door to her goddamn studio as trucks go by. Right. So sometimes engineers don't know what they're talking about. They went to school. They did stuff. Absolutely agree. Very first, number one thing is your environment. Yeah, exactly. First and foremost. I'm with you there. A Neumann U87 in the middle of a concrete room is going to sound terrible. Oh, totally. Just because I said it as a joke earlier, 
a Mr. Microphone in a pristine environment <laughs> is going to sound better than that. Now, I, I'm not saying right. that's what you do, but the point being, that will sound better. Right. So right. Don't do the first thing. Yeah. Well, and actually, don't do the second thing either. Well, right? don't do the second thing either. Right? <laughs> don't don't do don't do a Mr. Microphone in the middle yeah, of don't a Mr. Microphone. I was yeah, dusting yeah, off sorry. my Mr. Microphone right now. <laughs> hey, good looking, be back to pick you up later. Dusting off, mine just sitting right over here. That's what I'm talking to you on. What, what are you talking about? I know. Who knew I could have been using it all this time? See? It saved me a lot of headache. Yeah, Mara. Um, for this time, uh, can you hook up the Mr. Microphone, please? That's uh, we want to make sure we get that uh, Mr. Microphone sound. Hey, good looking, be back to pick you up later. <laughs> oh, my God. I always sound like this. Don't you use a close and play for your speakers? No, yeah, of right? course. Of right. course. Doesn't everybody? Absolutely. But I forgot about the Mr. Microphone part. See? <laughs> no, yeah. this is the funny part. I'll have people who know me, right? And they're like, I really want to get into uh, voiceover because uh, people tell me I have a great <laughs> <No>. voice. <laughs> Uh, what microphone do you think I should buy? I'm like, well, why don't you uh, practice first? Yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. But uh, what microphone do you think I should buy? Oh, God, I know. It is asking a lot, though. We, I mean, the tech side, really, we are asking so much. I mean, already talent have so much on their back with self-directing. You do. Um, trying to interpret the specs. We have to mind read. We have to do all these things. And now trying to learn Twisted Wave or some people think they need Pro Tools and all this crazy stuff. And it's so much. It is so, so much. I do not envy anyone who has not had to deal with the tech side before because it really is. You're using different sides of your brain, too. You know, I mean, you're going from this right brain performance. I just want to act and do the art. And then now you're like, right. you know, you're totally switching gears. And, and some people's brains just aren't wired that way, to be fair. You know, they're not. But I will say this in all honesty and fairness. If you are looking at this as a business person, which is part of what your career is, right? right. Absolutely. You're not right. just artist. You are entrepreneur who happens to be selling a creative artistic product. True. So why would you not? Right. Right. And you don't necessarily have to say, yeah. I'm going to go to full sale and I'm going to learn to become an audio engineer. This is voiceover. Right. It is one microphone. It is generally one environment. And you really don't in most cases, have to truly be an engineer. You can even pay somebody to come in, set your stuff up, and just kind of leave it and go. To have that environment, you are now talking an investment in your career. You know, musicians, if you want to say, all I want to do is play guitar, somebody else should provide the guitar. Who would ever say that? Right. So I also think that the system that has been there in place so far has in some ways been a detriment because if you learn something about what makes the whole tech work. And it doesn't have to get really deep. We don't have to start getting in there and going to like, should I get a dynamic EQ or should I get something that's a static EQ? You don't have to go that deep. What's a good microphone? What's a good preamp? Is your environment good? How do you set your levels? Do you know what those levels are? That's what you need to know. Right. And also understand in the same way a singer has to learn mic technique. You have to learn that, yeah, right? Absolutely. Well, how right. is that any less tech? really, when it comes down to it, then do you know where to set your preamp? Right. You are doing the same thing. So I, I also think that when I hear some actors say, all I want to do is act, well, that's just great. I'm sure all you want to do is act and you want your agent to take care of your business side of things and your accountant. And, and it, no, you are an entrepreneur. You are a creative person. This is part of what you have to do. And by the way, if you right. do learn that, the world 
because of how technology has changed, is kind of opening up to you. It you opens up wide. You can do projects wide. with right. people in Australia and Europe. And Absolutely. Yeah, there are challenges with that. Absolutely. But there are also advantages to doing that. So Right. Yep. So true. Yep. So, so true. Now, it's it's just kind of learning a language, you know? It's just, yeah, it comes with You're the You're so lucky because you get paid to talk. <laughs> oh, and 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 engineer and run a business and right, market and direct, yourself and, market. and well, direct. no, but I, I I understand that, and I do have sympathy for people who this has been thrust on, because that's not the way the system has worked. There is a certain amount of wow, this is a lot to deal with right at this moment in time, right? And people are asking you for crazy things, and that's not right either. But at the same time, just like any other business. This is the market. This is what you have to do. And this right. is not the career you have to choose. So if you're going right. to do this. Right. And I think it's just accelerated for some people. But I've had a home studio since the early 2000s. Right. 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 Same. This should be nothing new to people. Right. right. And with that said, I will also tell you, I recently went in for my first in-studio session in forever, forever. And it was wonderful. It was phenomenal to be sitting in a booth talking right. with the engineer and the client. You know, the client was actually remote, but just to have human contact doing a session and all that stuff face to face with some people and stuff like that was phenomenal. So absolutely. I love that. I yeah, absolutely totally. love that. And I miss that. And it was so great to be able to do that. But at the same time, I think this is just the minimum bar. Right. Yeah, I and I mean, now we're getting too into, especially in the world of video games, now it's getting to the part that I dread, a lot of on-camera <laughs> technique, which I have none of. I know nothing about knowing my marks and lighting and mm -hmm. all this stuff, but more and more I'm seeing auditions where they want to, what do they call it, the cowboy shot from your hips up and all this, and you got to do all this stuff, and they want stuff off book, and I'm like, are you kidding me? And they want it, like, the next day, and I'm like, this is kind of, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. You know, yeah. I wanted to be a voice actor, not on camera, but sadly, that's kind of changing, too. Well, we'll see how that goes. I mean, I'm not going to say that it won't, and if it does, it's going to happen over time, but I also think that some of the expectation, we'll see, right? Right. Well, the bottom line is they can ask for it. Right. Well, and they'll get it. I mean, there's plenty of people who do both. There are some people who can do it, right? Yeah. And then there are other people who will specialize in, in other areas and all that kind of stuff. That's the other side of it. Voice acting has changed so dramatically through specialization that it's insane. I mean, you can make an absolute killing of a career doing nothing but medical. Right. 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 If you do nothing else except you're able to pronounce all those goofy, long, stupid <laughs> medical words. Right. right totally. You can make a killer career out of that. Absolutely. And just, the specialization keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Look at all the people that make an absolute killer living off of nothing but political. Right. Right. And you would think, oh, well, that's every two years or every four years. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> it is a continual cycle. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a continual cycle. It never, ever, ever stops. So, so true. the opportunity is not that you'll do everything, but you can find the specialties that fit your niche. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's really kind of a cool part of all this. Mm -hmm. Well, true. speaking of specialties, the thing that has always fascinated me that you have done that I would love to hear more about and that is the whole live announcing thing. I, I know a, Ooh, a small handful a number of, of live announcers, but this is something that you've started to do. Yeah. And, and how did that even come about? 
it just kind of came out of the blue, didn't it? Yeah, it, it really was just kind of a regular audition. I wouldn't even say it's a specialty of mine. I mean, I definitely... I'm fairly comfortable with it. I mean, I'm extremely introverted, so the idea of having to, like, be anywhere near visible on a stage is a whole different shebang. But my first big live announce gig was, oh, my God, was that 2014? Was um, it really that long ago? Oh, yeah. I think it was 2014. It might have been 2013, but it was for the uh, the VH1 Divas holiday right. special in Brooklyn, and that was unbelievable. I mean, I'm talking literally some of the biggest divas were on the stage just a few feet away from me. I'm talking here, you know, Mariah Carey, Patti LaBelle, right. Shaka oh, Khan. Oh, my gosh. How cool. Yeah, it really didn't even sink in until it was all over. I didn't realize I was kind of just in this trance of like, do not mess up. Just go. Just right? go with it. Yeah, That's it, the hard part about live. You're yeah. sitting there and you're just, you're, you're like wet your pants nervous about saying yeah. the wrong word or flubbing a pronunciation or everything. Well, and the best oh. part too is I had done an Airbnb. I've decided I'm never going to Airbnb in New York City ever again for work because I've done it in the past and I always regret it. This situation, we wound up in some lovely woman's apartment where the whole building, it was like a, I don't know, a 10, 12 story building. And let's just say four stories up or more, there was some smoke detector Mm -hmm. that was going off on like the fourth floor. But yet, you know, it's those old (laughs) buildings, you know, like built in 1802 or whatever. So you can hear it just reverberating. Yeah, there's cardboard walls. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So you hear it throughout the entire building. So literally approximately every, I think it was every 30 or 45 seconds from the time we got there, it was just like, so all night I could not sleep. And this is like, I have a big event. I don't do well with no sleep. And yeah, Uh, this is my first big live announce for Viacom VH1. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm not going to get any sleep. (laughs) So all night we're just fighting the chirp. I'm like burying my head in pillows. I literally had like three pillows over my head. I'm putting in earbuds, trying to like listen to brown noise and just all night. Of course, you can't get comfortable because like, oh, and the radiator didn't turn on. Like We figured out how to turn the radiator on like at 5 a.m. or something. So I'm just freezing. I'm hearing chirps every 30 seconds. I can't sleep. Then the best part, so we finally like get a couple of hours. It's like, okay, got time to get ready to go for a rehearsal because you know, we have to do like a little, a quick rehearsal of a few things, just kind of how the boards work and, and all this stuff. And we get locked in. I've never been in a situation locked where somebody in? can get locked inside an apartment. But this is what happened. There, apparently there were oh. two doors in her apartment. One was covered up with shoes. She had a lovely shoe collection, and she <laughs> covered up the second door with this big curtain and all of her damn shoes. Because so why we... would you need a door? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, who designs this crap? So she somehow, I guess she had left a note in the instructions, like, make sure you don't. Look behind the shoes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So we had no idea there was a second way out. But somehow we managed to, like, we twisted the lock and we shouldn't have. And next thing you know, we can't open the door from the inside. It was bolted oh from the inside. And we don't have a key. 
and the owner is not answering her phone. And I've got to be at rehearsal in like an hour and a half. And we have no idea if and when she's going to answer her phone, if and when I'm going to make it, and how I'm going to explain to my agent that I flew all the way from Colorado to Brooklyn only to get locked in my Airbnb and not be that at is the perfect. actual event. Wow. Um, so luckily, we were able to figure out that there was a second door. We threw all our shoes on the floor. Sorry, bill us, whatever. Clawed our way out of the apartment and like booked it to Brooklyn, but it was absolute madness. So just the fact that I was running on no sleep, crazy frantic frame of mind, it was a whole blur for me, the fact that I got it done. And it really wasn't until I did the last announcement and walked out, the audience is kind of leaving and I'm looking around and I look up at the building and I just realize what what just happened. And I'm like, I just did that. I just made it work. I don't know how I did that, but it happened and it worked. That's fun. (laughs) That is really fun. It was an adventure. (laughs) Of course, the the creepy voice of the Saw character coming in going, welcome to the luxury apartment. Oh my God. It it was a moment. It was a moment. Panic. (laughs) You can get out, but you have a decision to make first. Live announces, it really is a lot of fun. If you want to, to kind of push yourself into a new, uh, I don't know, if you're just getting a little bored with sitting in the booth, self-directing yourself, there's nothing to charge your batteries like. See, that's why I do production, though. That's that's the hard part for me. I do production so I can do it over and over and over again until right. I get it exactly the way I want it to sound. That's the beauty of it, right? And anytime I get put into a live position again, I came from radio a long, long time ago and all that kind of stuff, but... I've always gravitated towards production right? because the live thing, I just, man, I just, I get tense. I get uptight. I can't relax. I can't enjoy it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm always on edge, but God bless those people who can do that and do that comfortably all the time. Right. Right. That's a different skill. It is a different skill. How much did that spur just being able to do more live announcing? It's like, well, you got this very high profile thing under your belt. You know, it's a good question because I have to say anytime I've done any sort of live announce thing, nobody's necessarily said, oh, I saw your reel or whatever, this and that. Mm -hmm. Um, And fortunately, a lot of the things that I've done have actually been pre-recorded. Like I've been the opening announcer two, three, two years in a row for sure for NBC New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. And that I'm able to record in L.A., you know, a few days before the event. And I'm literally sitting on my couch in L.A. watching myself. Right. Live announce from New York. I wonder what I'm going to say next. Right. <laughs> so it's a lot easier. That hey, 20 way. bucks says I say this. Right. <laughs> right. And in fact, just a few weeks ago, I got to be the announcer voice for the uh, Gay and Lesbian Alliance uh, Awards, the GLAAD Awards, the 32nd annual. And again, got to do that yes. for my home studio. And we recorded that, I think, a week before the event. So, yeah, fortunately, most of my quote unquote live events have not technically been live, which works out great for somebody like me who needs a little prep time. Right. I just thought of a great party trick. Invite a bunch of people over to watch an award show. Right. Just, when, when you're getting ready to come and say, excuse me, I've got to go to my booth and just go wander in there. Say, no, no, if anybody's in there watching me, I can't do this. And just fake it like brilliant. it's live. That's brilliant. I'm so going to do that for the next one. Either that or just sit on the couch and watch people and, and let them hear the voice and go, wow, that's a, that sounds like you. Really? Like, Somebody's got to die. <laughs> Who is that? That's interesting. Really? You think that sounds like me? No, that doesn't sound like me. That would it? be another great angle to do it. Like. <laughs> oh, I like yours, Randy. Live announcer parties. That's hysterical. See? Oh no, no, God. but you can't, you can't come in and watch me. I'll completely freak out if anybody's right. watching me. You know, it's, 
And then I just walk out with a whiskey. Yeah, just, yeah popcorn or <laughs> yeah, something yeah, in yeah. there. <laughs> and just keep getting more and more sloshed through the night. Right. So that by the end, you go, I gotta do one more of these. And you walk away and you come back and like, how in the hell did she do that? She sounds so sober. But I know how hammered she is. Oh my God. Exactly. Oh God. Genius. Kids Absolutely. don't try this at home. <laughs> Do not try this at home. Oh, my gosh. This oh. is a seasoned professional. <laughs> oh, my God. You mentioned earlier that you are a musical person. Oh, yeah. This is a running theme that we have with a lot of people that have gotten into voice acting, that they have a musical background. What is yours? Well, I guess I guess you could say I have some formal background. I mean, I was in band, you know, when, when I was younger in middle school and things like that. I played the flute. Um, but I always had a really strong musical ear. I wouldn't dare say I have perfect pitch because I've met people who can just, the note comes out and they're like, that's a C sharp, you know, whatever. Right. Like, I, I can't do it like that. But I, I guess I'm more like a relative pitch person. Like, mm-hmm. I can find my C and then, you know, work my way up in my head. So I need a couple of seconds. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I do find that if there is a song that I like, usually more often than not, I hear it still in my head in the original key mm-hmm, um, right. or or maybe half a step off. But I'm mm-hmm. always very, very close. So my mom said I was always like that with music and stuff. I mean, I learned that I could play keyboard by ear when I was like, I don't know, maybe 12, 13 she was like, yeah, you would hear a song and then you would be playing it back pretty quickly in like a couple of takes. She makes it sound a little more dramatic than I think it was. I don't think it was quite that good, but I absolutely can pick up on hey, stuff. Hey, take it. Quick. She's your mom, right? Exactly. <laughs> mom, you know, your biggest fan, right? There I'll you take go. It, there but, you go. But yeah. uh, I don't want people to think like I'm some sort of... <laughs> prodigy. <laughs> like, uh, right. I mean, you know... Mary Juno, I, musical prodigy. Exactly. Here she it's, is. It's just not that serious. Actually, though, that's got to be what helps you be able to voice match and do all those kinds of things. Absolutely. No, I mean. Because it's all the tonal qualities and inflections and. Yeah. Patterns and, and everything else. And that's all music. I think this is kind of one of the unspoken things about voiceover. You know, people will have tons of wonderful websites. How can I get into voiceover? How can I be a better business person in voiceover? How can I this? How can I that? But what I really don't see a lot of people mention and this is a controversial opinion, but I stand by it. I don't believe that an ear can be taught. I've had some people say that it can, but I have yet to meet anyone in my life who was like, I had no musical ear whatsoever. Right. And now I can. I haven't heard of that happening. I think maybe if you have a decent ear, you can certainly strengthen it. But I don't believe that you can come from a place and you just don't have any musical sense. I don't think you're going to get as far as you could in voiceover compared to somebody who has a strong musical ear. I just don't because, like you said, it is a form of music, whether you're talking about a demo and trying to keep people's attention and making sure that, you know, every spot kind of flows a certain way, like a big song. I kind of see demos like a big, oh, God, what sort of music did we have in the 70s with like the the rock operas and stuff? Yeah, rock opera, right. Yeah, it's kind of like a rock opera. Like you want to grab their attention right away with who you are and you want to keep them on that ride and with a lot of shifts. You know, it's like a suite. And that's all musical production. And the same thing, whether you're doing a a video game and trying to be some big orc and just for the sake of maintaining the character, for goodness sake, if you can't hear in your ear that you're slipping out of character or, or know how to get yourself back quickly because you don't have that music locked in your head in terms of their age, in terms of the pacing, 
you know, if they're older, they're going to probably talk a little bit slower or have a certain cadence, especially if you're doing sort of sound alike work where you're trying to mimic an existing character. Mm-hmm. You really need to have a sense of, well, what is their rhythm? You know, how do they tend to what is their speech pattern like? And and then, of course, commercials and promo. It's nothing but timing. I mean, you better get that down in five seconds, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, 60 seconds. And if somebody asks you, can you shave two seconds off? You need to be able to have that skill in your head to know how to do that. And that just is pretty intimidating for a lot of people. I don't think people really, when they think about getting into this business, they're like, oh, people tell me I have a great voice. And people may even be great with computers, but then you have to take it to the next level. And, okay, now can you hear Because not only do we have to be mind readers and try to be interpreters of whatever the hell the writers wanted in the first place, we have to be able to keep it all straight in our head. When, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody says, give me an ABC, that next set of ABCs, if you have to do a second set or a third set or a fourth set or a 20th set, which is going to happen inevitably in a session, you need to be able to remember all those other takes and figure out how to give the next one a fresh set of variety. And so many people just can't do that. God bless. It's a challenge. So that's just something I like to put out there. Nobody wants to hear it. Don't shoot the messenger. Don't get mad at me. But I just really think, you know, it's important. No, I, I couldn't agree more. Being musical is really important. I mean, little known fact about me, I was part of the Bay City Rollers. Yeah. S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. <laughs> Night. I don't know if that brings back any memories, but oh, yeah. that was me. That was me. <laughs> So well, except he was part of the Bay City, Michigan Rollers, so they didn't. <laughs> they were a little more regional. We used to sing before the roller derby. Yes, S A T U R D A Y night. Yeah, it was. But you know, but in Bay City, they were. We were we were third most popular band there. So you know, we were like the Michael Stanley band in in Cleveland, right? Well, they were more popular. You know, they were they were well in Cleveland. They were, but they weren't popular anywhere else. But they were no. Now come on. Now you were in Bay City, and they knew who Michael Stanley was. There, he'd played. But they the, weren't you know, as popular as S A T U R. That's true. That's true. I could still I could still go into Bay City, Michigan, and do that, and people ask for my gosh darn autograph. That's I kid you not. I kid you not. It's very cool. Yeah, that is cool. That is cool. Yeah. So I like well. Um. So this has been really incredibly cool, but um, I think we're going to have to go because it is S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. Hey, I do want to add one thing before we do that, just because of what you did just say, Mara. Yeah. Oh, you're going to bring it back serious again, aren't you, Randall? Damn you. Damn you. You don't know what I'm going to say, so you don't know if I am. You are just making you just are making a, a supposition. You. You're projecting yourself and I your ideals onto me yet again. I'm not sending you that audition to replace me. I'm taking you out of that pool. You're not getting the audition to replace me anymore. I have a perspective. Uh-oh. I'm a, I'm a talent with a perspective. S A T U R T A Y. Night. Oh gosh. Oh my god. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Randall. Please. <clears throat> I digress. <laughs> so you mentioned about the music thing and how people need to be able to understand, can you shave those seconds off? Do you understand right. timing? Nobody bats an eyelash at that. I mean, they may. They may say, oh, I don't know if I can do that. But they accept that. Yet right. what we talked about earlier with understanding mic technique, yeah, what a preamp does and everything else, why is that actually any different? It's all something above and beyond just opening your mouth and talking. Exactly. It is 
part of the skill set. It's part of the job. Some people are better at one aspect of the skill set than another. You don't have to be 100% great at all of it. I really am good with characters. I'm not good with accents. Okay. Right. That's okay. But you have to at least have some knowledge of accents, right? Even if you say like, well, I can't really hold a British accent or I'm not really good with regional accents, but sometimes just to even really get into a character, you at least have to know how to manipulate that voice to be something other than just you. Right. And sustain it, remember, and also sustain it because some people just slip in and out of character or they'll do another character. It's like, no, you need to sustain that one character. That's the trick. Yeah, 30 seconds at a party does not mean you've got a great Irish accent. Right. (laughs) Yeah, you want to be really good at doing characters? Go ahead, create a character, and then stay in that character all day and sing a song in the character voice without bringing your own voice into it. That's the hardest thing. That's one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. The hardest thing for me, I've seen actors who can do it when they're like, I'm playing a character who's impersonating another character. Oh, geez. Right. You know, like Homer Simpson trying to do Spock. You know what I mean? That yeah. just blows my yeah. mind. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a skill. Yeah. For me, for me, the more basic test is always, can your character sing? Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Can you make yourself sing as the character, not as you? That one's yeah. tricky for me, too, I have to say. It's that hard. one's tricky. It is hard. It's, it's a lot of practice. It's a lot of work. It is. And it's a lot of focus. And if you can get to that point, that's kind of where you need to be able to be if you're going to do characters or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's musicality in all of it. And I think the musicality becomes even more and more important as we separate the people who work versus the people who say... I've got a good voice. Right. I want to be a voiceover. Right. Absolutely. A good voice will only get you so far. But, you know, yep. can you sustain a career? That's going to take a whole lot more. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. We really appreciate the time you've given us. Likewise. Thank you, guys. It's always fun talking with you. We could talk for hours and hours and hours, but we, we, we must be respectful. Oh, I understand. So. I understand. I, I agree. This was such a blast. So no, good to hear been... you guys' voice. This has been really great. So, um, Randall. BT. Mara. Hey. Welcome to the club. (laughs) Until next time, thanks. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Let's Talk VoiceOver is hosted by Brian Talbot, actor and all-around creative guy, and me, Randall Ryan, owner of Hamsterball Studios, delivering the world's best talent virtually anywhere. If you have comments, questions, ideas for other show topics you'd be interested in hearing, or you just want to let us know what you think, reach out by sending us an email to bt, for Brian Talbot, bt at letstalkvoiceover.com. Check out our website at www.letstalkvoiceover.com, or find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and, you know, just about anywhere else you get podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk again real soon.